Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We got a great show for you, Surviving and Thriving with guest chef Rossi. Okay, folks, Dr. Kathy O'Bear, you just heard her, right? You heard her? Well, I can't even begin to say this is part two. This is just like Chef Rossi and I connecting back. We keep in communication, checking in, how we doing it, 2020. Uh, what does it mean to be safe? But more importantly, how to not lose our sense of power. How to not do that how to survive and thrive, reinvent, recreate, yeah, repot your plants, whatever that might be. Uh, But this is what we're talking about today. For those of you that know who Chef Rossi is, then I'm going to be redundant. But for those of you that have heard her on the show with me before, have heard her own show, have read her book, have seen her one person just knock it out of the park, uh, uh, play, show, all of the above. This is a woman who understands what's on the line, how to thrive, how to reinvent oneself, but also something she and I have really been looking at lately. Whether you know about the raging skillet or you know about her fantastic chef skills and what she does to feed people absolutely delicious food. One of the things you'll know about about Chef Rossi and about me is we know what it's like not to have what women have today. We do. We know what it's like. I'm I'm just a tad older than she is, but so like I know what it's like to be at Stonewall. I know what it's like to be, yeah, All women should have rights, no matter what their color, religion, it doesn't matter. All women. I know what it's like to say to somebody today, one of the young women I work with, and I say, look, let's take a look at the ERA. And they say, I'm not interested in guns. Now, what does that mean? It means I'm not doing a good job of helping women understand what their potentiality is. And so I've decided to do a different level of education for chef. For the chef, she is right there, smack in the middle of it, every day, looking at New York City, what it's like to be an entrepreneur, everything that comes up on every different point in time and every day, adjust, adapt, and keep telling her story. Today, 2020 has been a rough year for most of us. You know what it's, chef, here's something interesting. Um, let me ask you this. This is about intuition, right? That's right. 2020, it was our 10th year and I decided I wasn't going to celebrate it. I said, I want to celebrate it in the 11th year. 11 is my number. And people looked at me like, no, why don't you want to 
10 years, 2020, 10 years for TTI. I said, you know what? I don't know what it is. This was back in November or something. Kind of like a premonition for sure. I'm like, I just not feeling it. And I was right. But could you have predicted in any sense of anything that you and I would be here talking about some of the stuff we're going to be talking about right now? You know what's interesting? The one person who seemed to have an inkling that there was a pandemic on the horizon in our future, I think, was Barack Obama. (laughs) You know? He was really putting a lot of time and energy into getting us protected and, and lining up the scientists. And, you know, he stayed, he paid attention. He looked what happening in the world and he was like, you know what? We need to have some really good guys here in case this blows over our way. And then of course the second, um, this next guy stepped in, he immediately got rid of all the scientists and everyone who could help, you know? So I'm like, oh, could we have a do-over? Could we just have four more years of Obama? We need a little help right now, you know, come on. Anyway, but I'm not going to go political just yet because- Not just yet, but I, I think that it's it was a premonition. I it's, it is a premonition. a premonition and it was a premonition and there was some steps taken uh, for it. Um, but you know, what's interesting. It's hard to even make a post that- doesn't sound political, like a social media post. Like I posted something about the doctors that came on the other day and everybody went like berserko about it. And basically- They all wanted to pose without their masks on to show how cute they were? That's what I posted because- I was was shocked. First of all, it took what, 12 of them to come out? I know, come on. And to say, like, to say, is he, and not even to really explain if he was or was not on oxygen. It was a little confusing. But why couldn't they wear masks? I mean, this is really the crazy making for me. You and I believe in freedom of speech and right. we, leave, we believe in freedom to choose. We are not the people that are ready to censor everybody. No. But when does it get to the place where do no harm does harm? Well, what's happening now is that there's so much politicizing happening. Here we have a pandemic that is literally killing people and making people sick. And I've been encountering people left and right who don't want to wear a mask because they think it's a political statement to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And now the president who inspired them to not wear a mask is actually sick himself because he didn't wear a mask. And we're all terrified that he might have gotten Joe Biden sick, too. But then the first thing he does when he gets two seconds of maybe feeling better is jumps in a car and makes his sort of victory lap around and everyone in that car is hermetically sealed in there with him and now they all have to quarantine like the doctor one of the doctors from the hospital is going nuts he's like are you crazy you could have just gotten everyone in that vehicle sick just so you could let people know that you're okay so the thing is that if you're going to feel like wearing a mask is a political statement, then that's that's crazy. And also, what kind of person would make you feel like you couldn't wear a mask to support him? Like wearing a mask meant you didn't support him. So that means you might get sick, you might make your parents sick. And if you're young and healthy, very good chance that you're gonna get through this, but not so much for your parents or your grandparents. I mean, this should not be a political thing. Just save your own life, protect everyone around you. I, I don't understand. It's just the craziest, craziest thing ever, the politicizing of the mask. It's nuts. You know, it, it's interesting for me because, you know, I think about 
growing up in a family where dad was like, man, like World War II, we need to build a bunker. We need to, no, I'm not kidding. This is my dad. You need to build like a little thing in the house with all the food stuff. Oh my gosh. It's like, oh, in the Bronx. Uh, we need to build that in there. And then like, we got to put the gas masks in there. And oh, wow. you know, growing up, we're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Right. Right. He wasn't obsessive compulsive. He was careful. He had everything stocked. Right. But it's really fascinating to me around I don't want to wear a mask, but we don't want personal freedom you, you, across the board about a women's right to choose. And I, someone asked me the other day, Chef, and I want to talk to you about this, is they asked me, they said to me, those are two different issues, Pat. One of them does harm to a baby. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? Well, wait a minute. Well, does the other one not like harm and kill people? Like if you I mean, got hello. the thing, how many how many women would be dying if they had to carry a baby to term, and how many women were raped and don't want to carry a baby to term? This is a different story every time. Listen, when I was down at Ground Zero, right, a couple of days after 9/11, that's like something to make a comparison to. So, if you wore a mask. They didn't even really understand the health hazards at the time. But if you wore a mask, you know, it seemed to be the safer thing to do because there was so much dust in the air. And many, many, many times when I was serving food to firefighters and cops and people who were really brokenhearted, I would take my mask off so they they could see my face and see that I cared and we could have a moment connecting. And it was beautiful and touching. I made that decision because the only one I was hurting was myself. And in fact, I did hurt myself. I was very sick for several years after 9-11. But now if you make the decision to be more photogenic because you're a cute doctor or more supportive of a president who doesn't want to protect anyone, including himself, or you you make a decision to not wear a mask, you're not making a decision about your own health, you're making a decision about everyone around you, about your family and your friends and everyone you walk past. I mean, so often here in New York, I take lots of, of quality of life walks along the water to clear my head. Yeah. And I see plenty of people jogging. They're generally always men. And they're usually in their 20s and 30s, evidently feeling invincible, jogging, sweating, panting, without a mask on. They might have no symptoms, be completely asymptomatic, and be blowing that corona all over the place. Right. I mean, it's just it's just selfish. I'm real I really wish that there was, and granted, I'm making an attempt to be a kind and loving person. So let me just qualify this. But I really wish there was something like the purge, except for shin kicking. Like every day, you know, like maybe like a couple of days a month, you just <laughs> had permission to go and kick people in the shins, you know. I would be shin kicking a whole lot of joggers. I got to tell you, I mean, part of what we're talking about here today is um, negative COVID-19, positive for life. You know, we're talking about can we remain negative COVID-19 and positive for life? And up until five minutes ago, I thought I understood sort of what we were talking about today. 
Right. And then five minutes ago, somebody sent me a message and said, you two should talk about <laughs> you two. You two should talk about this. So here's the message they sent. They said, did you read the latest? No, I'm working. I'm, I'm really getting help and host. So the latest they said, and I have to fact check it. I haven't done it yet, was that now this the opposing campaign is saying that they're attacking Joe Biden for not having COVID-19. Oh, my God. She sent me that, and I said, I got to check. I don't know where. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking you of know myself. What? I, mean, I believe it. I honestly believe it. It's so crazy. Well, I lost two people to COVID. So I want to tell you about the experience sorry, of that. Me. Two of them. Uh, one of them, great guy no mask, went in, and within 48 hours, he was gone. Uh, second one, friend of mine, teacher, gone. And I thought about this today, and I thought, if there was ever a double standard for you and me, so if we go in, are we going to get whatever his name is, doctor, giving me every drug available, even no, anti antibody. We're not going to get it. No, we're not going to get any of that. And well, I don't maybe, think Joe Biden would like, get it. Well, I would hope he would. But maybe if we're like two steps from dead, we might get it. But we're not going to get any of that stuff. But we if it have, works and the president gets well and something is happening there. Why don't we all get it? Why don't somebody get back in the, the relief bill? They're on, they're on, I don't know where the Congress went, but that's the, I don't, know. You know, I don't even understand it. But why not be like, yeah, let's give this to people. Right. Give us that immune boosting cocktail and, and, and that whole powerful bunch. Of I get that from Dr. Darvish. I don't get quite what that is, but this is where you try to stay positive. And, and I, I didn't get back to the woman that said, you two should talk about this today. Um, but I believe it. I do believe it. I mean, I've seen such crazy things. Today, I, it was last night I saw on the news on, in New York on Channel One News. So New York overall <laughs> is not very happy with the orange guy, you know. And, but we weren't happy with him before the election. We have, uh, we have a long history of issues. Yeah, yeah. Starting with the fact that he doesn't pay his bills. Um, but this group of guys who came in, uh, it seemed like they mostly came in from Long Island, but they looked like they mostly came in from Tennessee or Kentucky. I mean, they really looked like they came in on their big trucks with their big wheels and they were Trumpers. And so they took over part of Manhattan and stopped traffic and they made a big scene and they went to Trump Tower and none of them were wearing a mask. And the reporter asked them like, what are you doing? And they said, well, we're gonna start the campaign for him because he's not feeling well, so we're gonna take up the slack. And the reporter's like, why aren't you wearing a mask? And the guy goes, because I'm a risky guy. And so I'm like, <laughs> these are the people that are like running around campaigning for him. They're making themselves sick and everyone else sick in his honor. I'm like, I just don't understand that. It's crazy, it's crazy. My heart goes out for, and this is positive for life. I am positive for life, mm -hmm. but I, like I am not too. naive. No, I am positive for life. And I have lost people close to me 
in the past couple of months when this thing was supposed to be miraculously gone. Right. When it was all hoax and it's all over. I have two other people in the hospital and we can still be positive. And that's really my commitment. But it doesn't mean we don't talk about things that are on our minds. And doesn't mean we don't ask questions. And I think this has been a big confusion in the human potential and positive thought movement. You know, this has been the issue where you need to be Pollyanna Patty. You need to be able, well, I'm telling you, I am so optimistic about the next 30 days. You can't even believe it. But it doesn't mean that what made me the woman I am today with one of the fastest growing positive talk radio networks. Our technology is finished. We're going to go from two to 10 channels. It doesn't mean that I don't care about stuff and that I don't have a voice. Now, clearly, I have a separate hour that I really do do that. And But today, it was especially important to talk about what we can do for positive for life, negative for COVID, positive for life. Well, what's the alternative to sit around and make yourself sick and miserable? No, and cannot watch the news 24 seven. Um, I stay connected because I do shows on it. Um, I get texts from our listeners that said five minutes ago, did you see this? Like Joe Biden is now on the chopping block uh, for not getting COVID. Uh, To be honest with you, I would not want the life the man had losing a son to cancer. So let's no, just be realistic. He's been through losing more a wife, losing a wife. So, you, you know, and, and he can talk about it because he knows how to take action. But so do other people. See, if we don't politicize this and we look at positively at what we know and we look at doctors that have come to the forefront, not just in this country, You know, my new latest T-shirt is the Chancellor of Germany. If she sells a T-shirt, I'm getting her. I'm getting Merkel on my shirt. You love her. Why do we love her, though? Let's talk about that. Send her over here, please. I love her. Well, she's powerful. Mm -hmm. She was positive. And and she took action. She's kind and she has real empathy. Yep. Look, it's a weird thing, a really weird experience for me to be a Jew, a descendant <laughs> of, of Holocaust survivors, and feel like and feel like oh. Germany is the place you need to go to to maybe like have a sane leader and have safety and have sympathy. You know, we have a, a friend who um, is a, a really funny comedian who relocated to Germany to live with her girlfriend and her wife and. She said early on, she goes, I feel so strange. Like we're in the liberal place and you guys are being run by what looks like a fascist dictator. And it really does feel like that. It is a kind of a bizarre thing. So we need to have, we need to have a kind of a redo. I feel like Corona as, is a horrible, horrible thing. And, the, and so I'm always looking for what, what good could have come of it. Could there be something good that came of it? And the only thing I can think of is like maybe some sort of a reset or a redo from this escalating hatred and fear mongering and, and, and destruction of the planet. We're like a torpedo, you know, a hate fear filled torpedo that just wants to destroy us, our democracy and our planet and everything else. So we need a complete redo. And then we need to bring in 
only people that have love and peace in their heart. Like no more people that are dead set on war and hate and all of that crap. We're going in like the worst possible direction. And it's like, well, you know, you might have, um, you might have not liked our last president Obama, or you might have liked him or loved him. But the one thing about him, regardless of whether you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever you are, is that you always knew that he really cared. I mean, sometimes he almost started to cry. He cared so much. He cared about the children in Sandy Hook that all got killed. I mean, he was destroyed that he couldn't get more gun legislation passed, but you always knew that he cared. And it's been a long time since someone who really seems like that has been in charge. So you might not like Biden or you might like him, you might be diehard Republican, but you can tell he cares. You look in his eyes. I mean, he practically looks like he wants to cry half the time. You know that he cares. And I just only want people in charge who at least can do a really good job of pretending they care, you know, but people who just want to steamroll over with hate and fear, I'm like over it. Look, I want to say something and I'm probably, probably going to be, uh, get the emails. Long time ago, I did a short piece on George W. Bush and First Lady. And I talked about what it, would t what it took for him to be in the position he was in and right. for her, especially her. She is, I have to tell you, First Lady Bush, both, all of them all of the Bush first ladies, they were at the top of my list in a lot of ways. Did I agree with everything about them? No. But they had um, class. Yeah. And I thought about this because although I didn't like what happened during the Bush era. Right. And I, I understand now why it happened. I did have the same feeling to him, towards him. Now, I wasn't, I was afraid, but I wasn't totally afraid. You know, I knew we might lose some things, but I knew there were things that had momentum. Right. I knew he was the president, but I knew he wasn't in charge. Right. We all knew that. But I had a sense there was a soul there. <laughs> well, you had the Look, sense. I am not the keeper of souls, but I'm just saying. The sense that he was a good guy, although he something. did, you know, he did let his VP take over and drag us into a yes. war that killed a lot of people, but. Yes. Now he's painting, doing paintings and trying to be yes. everyone's best friend. Well, and speaking out. And so this is where we have to look at our future beyond a party. Beyond True. I am part of the GOP. I am part of the I'm an independent. I'm a this. I'm beyond this. The future of generations to come and what's happening now affects young children and adults alike. Well, because so, our children may see a destroyed planet, first of all. And may see it? Just, go, just how many vacations have you canceled in California? And women may lose their rights to govern their own body. I mean, there's a lot of things on the chopping block. People who have health insurance might lose it. They may lose protection for pre-existing conditions. I mean, all sorts of terrible things are happening, but so many people, they just won't do anything about it because they don't want to break party ties. 
I mean, I think about it like, would I? Would I break party ties? And I think I would. I mean, I know I would. Like right here in New York, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to say it, I'm not crazy about our mayor. I really don't like him. And, he, you know, he's a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. He's liberal. I'm liberal. I know I should support the guy, but I just don't like him. Would I break t party ties if a good guy stood up who was a Republican who I really did like? I would. I really would. But you have to be able to do that. I grew up in a family, pop Republican, mama. I'm telling you two things that I saw my, my mama go, go to her knees on. The Kennedys dying, Martin Luther King dying, and Marilyn Monroe dying. That was oh, it. Wow. Mama's like in the bed for a day. Was that the order? I have to think. No, it was Marilyn Monroe first. Yeah. Um, but here's what I learned in that family is we all got to hear their each side. They never forced us what to believe in. And by the way, as a result, us kids, we all split differently. We split on what we believed in. But when we come back, the question is, how do we help each other now? That's good. What can we do? What is it that I did over the weekend in here to keep this space safe? What can we do to help each other? And what is on the docket for us to really look a bit closer at? Second email I got today, please make sure Chef Rossi talks about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Yes. We're going to take a short break when we come back. She's going to talk about Chief Ruth Justice Ginsburg. Bader Ginsburg. And I am going to talk about why my mama called Joe Biden. Like, I don't even know what year mama was doing this. I, I, I had to look up how old I was when, when she would walk around. I don't know. You, you know, mama was had a few things going. First child at 12, second at 13. I'm telling you, my mama had a few things going on. He had a lot going what, on. What got mama somewhere along the line to say Biden badass? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on transformationtalkradio.com.
Are you a feminine entrepreneur and you're tired of being stuck in the making just enough money trap? I hear you. I'm Julie Steelman and I just released a brand new masterclass about how to unlock the three secrets to creating a financial breakthrough in your business. Come on over to calledbyfreedom.com. I'm going to walk you through the three things you need to do to create that financial breakthrough you've been craving. Come on over to calledbyfreedom.com. Are you ready to become an unstoppable force of love in the world? Then don't miss the Creative Empowerment Show, Invoking Radical Love with Rachel Chase live every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Rachel shares tools, stories, and meditations to spark the flame of profound wisdom within you. If you want to awaken your superpowers and activate your heart, visit rachelchase.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Benny, thank you for that. Benny, yeah. they did a re-release of that video. I'm in the music awesome. video. Did you know that? Oh, channel? that was some good music. I know. Benny, they did a re-release and changed the video to be more about the times we're living in now. Sure. Yeah, I still made the second cut. Jessica, nice. too. Very then, nice. Benny, you got good taste in tunes. Yes, Actually, that's a Dr. Pat special. I would. Uh, oh, add. Dr. Pat. <laughs> she's she's in that music video for I'm that in the song. Music video. It's a uh, uh, John Legend and his nephew Tata Prince. Nice. We went down in October. I, actually, that event changed us. It really changed everything we're about. It was really after that event that I decided not to celebrate 2020. That we had more work to do. Um, Chef Rossi joining me here today. Before we talk about how do we stay positive, how do we help each other. How do we do that and still have our opinions and take action? How do we do that? When we come back, we're not going anywhere. Where the hell are we going? going. I was like, that's a quick uh, segment there. <laughs> Holy cow, Benny. Sorry, I'm scared. That's How right. do people find out about what you're up to? Please tell them about not just the raging skillet, but you're just like this creative machine. Holy well, cow. Well, listen, the, I mean, Corona's been really horrible for yep for wedding caterers. I'm a large event caterer and a wedding caterer 32 years now. And we're New York's, known as New York's wildest wedding caterer. And we do, you know, huge events all the time. So the second the CDC said no parties over 50, that was it for us because we didn't have anything smaller than a hundred guests. And so suddenly it was very quiet and I had this giant commercial kitchen not doing anything. And it was sad and New York was sad and empty and weird and a little scary. and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to kvetch anymore. But um, so I first thing I did was I spent three months with my sous chef, Glory, and my maitre d' Charmaine, who were really powerful, fantastic women. And we fed people in need for three months, which was really soul fulfilling and gratifying, wonderful. And our list kept growing. And on the list was someone who I went to high school with that I hadn't talked to much in the last many decades who fell on some hard times and someone I knew who was recovering from cancer surgery. And it was just a list of of great people who just needed a little foodie love and it nourished our souls. 
And then uh, New York started to open up and people started to do outdoor dining and go back to their lives. And so then I was like, all right, so I, I'm clearly not gonna be catering any of my large and gigantic and fantastic events, unfortunately, until next year. Let me pivot. So my company's called The Raging Skillet and I didn't wanna change what we're known for, which was like the queen of the alternative wedding kind of thing. So I launched Mini Skillet so that we could do mini weddings. And we've done two fantastic weddings. One was for 38 people and one was for 41 people. And then we could do mini dinners and mini picnics and mini everything. So we've been doing that for a while. And it's been kind of interesting that, the, um, that since everything's been smaller, we've had all this time to really focus on the food. And the food has been crazy good. And some really amazing phone calls have come in. So a bride whose wedding I catered 25 years ago contacted me. We didn't even have internet then, so I didn't have her email. And she wanted me to cater her silver anniversary. And I was just so touched that she thought about me 25 years later. So we've been doing lots of anniversaries for people whose weddings we've catered. And that's been really wonderful. But then creatively, I thought, well, the worst thing would be if we get through all of this and then I, we get crazy busy. That's not the worst thing. That'd be great. Yeah. But then, I, then I'm like, oh, I didn't write anything and I didn't do anything creatively. I had all that time. What's wrong with me? So I've been writing like a maniac. And uh, a lot of people over the years have said that I should do a podcast because I've done the podcast with you. Yeah. And I have my show of 16 years on WOMR on Cape Cod bite this which is a great show but more of just a free free roaming you know solo podcast so um in early august i launched my first podcast yeah i'm excited about that oh it's fun it's called raging and eating and we've done nine shows so far i say we but it's just me and my other 35 personalities i guess and so it's been a learning experience. I, one of the first many shows, I started them when I was really wide awake early in the day with lots of energy as if I'd had 10 cups of coffee. And the last couple of shows, I did them after midnight when I was just couldn't seem to fall asleep. I thought, well, let me see what it would be like to do it at like midnight or one in the morning. And I was like a little bit sleepy and, and I kind of feel like I'm liking those shows more. It made me feel a little bit like Alison Steele. Do you remember her? The night bird? Yeah. Oh my God. I loved her. So anyway, I'm having fun with it and I'm mainly trying to take it a positive spin on everything we're going through right now. How to like get our joy going and not just be sitting there in a ball of depression over all this corona crap and it's hard you know you you go out and everyone's wearing a mask and you should be wearing a mask too and you can't hug anyone so you don't have that intimacy of the hug and you don't get to really see a full face and all of that can be a little disheartening and when you get close to someone you feel fear and all these things really weigh on your soul so the only way you can counteract that is to just lasso your joy as best you can. I mean, for me, it's been enormously joyful to just cook beautiful food. And for the last couple of decades, I've always had a chef. I've had a head chef who worked for me, who the, the chefs have changed, but I delegated a lot of the cooking to them. And I would always be doing the sauces and dips, which are like the cushy part of the job. But now I'm like 
you know, cooking these giant vats of curries and beef goulash and all this, you know, for lack of a better word, butch cooking, you know, I'm, just having, <laughs> I'm cooking, I'm the butch. Well, I'm not the butch, Glory's the butch, but you know, I'm butch enough, you know, I'm having like a lot of fun getting soulful with the food and that's made me happy. And the podcast has made me happy and writing from the soul has made me happy. And, and I'm just trying to get other people to do the same thing. So maybe your joy is listening to music, then, you know, listen to the best, most fantastic music all the time and put on your little pods or earphones or whatever you have and go walk around nature and listen to your gorgeous music and get your yayas. you know, don't let this Corona crap drag you down. Well, and this is really what we're talking about. I mean, for us, we've looked at what can we do? What can we do differently? How can we keep a message going out into the world? And, you know, what do our listeners want us to do more of? And, you, you know, I got a, a couple of emails from our audience and they said, look, you need to do your power up show again. And I said, yeah, I'm working on it. That definitely is going to be a middle of the month. And, and I asked them why. And they said, well, you interview a lot of great people and you focus the show on, on what they do. But we want to know what you think. And it was interesting for me when I stepped back, I realized that's true. Uh, that is exactly what I do. And I have to get clear on what I think. Um, I know that I've worked really hard and so have you. I don't know how many marches have you done in your life? How many have I done? Um, how many protests have I done before I was age 21? How many of those were there? Um, how many Not times? Anymore. Yeah, how many times have the police pulled me over and gone through my car because I had a peace sign or some something on it? And I go, how many, how many, how many, how many? And then I got a corporate job and then I made money. I still did some protests. I did, still did some march. I carried the, the first LGBT flag out when it wasn't a queue. And, um, and so I remember that. But I can be positive and still talk about, do we have the whole story, right? Do we have the whole story? Are we talking about what is up in front of people's faces and provide possibilities? And I think that's what you and I are doing today. Um, will I walk out in the hall without a mask? Certainly, if I forget, I turn around and I come back in. Right. Why? Too. I've lost two people to it and uh, in, in, in two more probably. Right. People just minding their own business, going to the store, maybe not having a mask on, maybe not use hand sanitizer. One was gone in less than 48 hours. And I don't wish that on anybody, Chef. No. Well, you've no. had you've had the worst of it. I mean, you've seen something that not a lot of people have seen, like a, a friend of mine, um, Sobia, who's really a sweet, wonderful woman told me so her brother Sobi is a banker and her brother is a doctor and in the early stages of corona before we really knew what it was when it was just something we were hearing happening on the news in China her brother was treating people like a good doctor does and he contracted it he didn't know that he had contracted it and he went home to his wife and his family and passed it on to them not knowing he'd done that and his wife went home to visit her parents and her father is sort of the 
the emotional leader of the family and a young, healthy, very young, healthy father, only 56 years old. That's a baby father. Um, anyway, for whatever reason, he didn't have any health issues. It just shot right to his heart and it killed him. And the whole family is just destroyed. So her brother feels like he killed his beloved father-in-law. I mean, it's just ruined, it just horrible, horrible thing. And that was in the early stages before they even knew what they had. I mean, now obviously everyone would be protected and masked up. But this is something, it's like you could say, oh, well, out of all those people, only 200,000 people died. I'm like, first of all, only does not belong in front of 200,000. 200,000 is a lot of people. At the high holiday services this year for the gay synagogue, it was kind of an interesting experience because normally so many people go to services. I go to Congregation Beth Simchat Torah, which is the largest gay synagogue, I think, in the world. And normally so many people go to the high holiday services that they have to rent out the Javits Center. So this year it was a live feed on Facebook and another link. And so we had services online. And at first it was a little weird, but then I'm like, hey, it's not so bad. I'm like at the synagogue sitting in my underwear, you know, nobody knows, now you know. Um, and the rabbi in her speech said, you know, we all came together in this huge way after 9-11 and we are still so affected by 9-11. But the amount of people that died on 9-11 die pretty much every, I think she said every three days from Corona, like 3000 plus people die. Like here we are, our lives are so wrecked by that terrible day, but it's every three days that amount of people are dying. I mean, it's not something anyone should be taking lightly. No public figure should be going anywhere without their mask on, no role model. I mean, no one should, but someone who's a role model or a public figure, I mean, it's like, that's like a murderer. I just posted something on social media about what I just talked about. And what I said on it was, so basically it isn't enough, enough losing a wife and then a son to cancer, or maybe is it enough if you lost friends and family to COVID-19? Is that enough? Or is it enough if you have a personal friend who lost a husband do you think she qualifies to take a position and know what it's like, or is that not it? And, and I think we have to ask these questions. You know, is that a politicized question? Well, it got politicized when somebody asked Biden that question. But for me, it's not politicized. It's by the grace of God, I'm here and I'm healthy. Right at today, I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. A I lot think of people have to change. They the didn't know what they didn't know, Chef. But let's talk about what seems to be fair. I got a post from uh, Mona. I got Mona. a post from Mona, a message. Mona. Mona, love you, Mona. Are you going to talk about fairness? <laughs> it's not fair if you don't talk about fairness. Okay. She said, yeah, talk about the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And talk about fairness. Talk about why it was okay not to replace Supreme Court under Obama. Talk about why it's okay now. And what's the last part of this? And talk about what do you two think about Biden changing the seats? Wow. That now we're going to go from not politicized. We're going to talk about politics. Well, listen, we're going to talk about this. Talk about what do you think Biden should do? 
All right. So first, well, of, first all, of all, go ahead. First of all, we got to give a shout out to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We do. I mean, this woman is everything that she passed away on Rosh Hashanah. At first, I thought that was the saddest thing that I'd ever I'd ever heard. But then when I thought about it, a lot of other people pointed it out that it's considered you're, you're really are exotic, like a, a great and honorable person, a true warrior of justice. If you pass away on Rosh Hashanah, because it's like that God held you to the very last possible day of the year. And thinking about how poor Ruth was really trying to hang in there. She really didn't want to give um, the orange guy the chance to replace her. You know, she really tried as hard as she could. And she yep. done so much in her lifetime to fight, fight, fight for women's rights. And there were so few women's rights in her time. I mean, women couldn't buy property without a man co-signing. They couldn't get a mortgage. I mean, just what young women today don't realize, women who have gone out and bought a co-op, they couldn't have done that as in the 70s. They would have to go get a guy to guarantee it for them. Just crazy. Uh, let's start with the credit card. Hello? Hello? I mean, we couldn't get a credit card. Insane. Yeah. So Ruth fought and championed women's rights for really her entire life. And I've been thinking a lot about her, um, something that the rabbi of the synagogue brought up, the rabbi's name is Sharon Kleinbaum, she's a very dynamic woman, was that Ruth was very close with her mother. They were like best friends. And she was only 17 years old when she lost her mother. And she was not permitted to say the mourner's prayers at the, at the service because she was a woman and she was raised as an Orthodox Jew. And I think it cemented right then and there in her that she was gonna change the world. She was gonna change the rules as best she could. I really do believe that that was her moment. And I know I've had the same experience because I was raised as an Orthodox Jew too, and I'm still profoundly Jewish. I mean, I love being Jewish, but the fact that no woman could ever come up to the Bema and lead the prayers and that the women were off to the side, kind of hidden, and the men were the ones who were davening and praying. No, it probably set in me early on too that I needed to change the world too. It wasn't right. So here she is, this champion, champion, champion of equal rights and of woman power and, and equality and, and everything, everything good and, and right. And her dying wish to her granddaughter is, please do not let this guy replace me let the next president replace me. And yeah. that's fair. And if the next yeah. president was also gonna be him, well, then the people had spoken. She yeah. didn't say the next president by name, she just said the next president. Yeah. And the fact that after shutting down Obama, who had every right to name a Supreme Court judge, shutting him down, he still had 10 months left as yeah. president, shutting him down and now trying to shove this thing in not even letting it wait till after the election. I mean, it's so much hypocrisy. You have Lindsey Graham, who was screaming and yelling that he wouldn't allow this when it was Obama, who's suddenly eating his words, and Mitch McConnell, who I think is some sort of a giant toad. I don't know what it is. I don't think he's human. All but I know I is uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, from where Mama was born in South Carolina, uh, I think he may get in a little bit of touch of like the, the Mama's from South Carolina. But you know, the, the question that Mona's asking is a really good one. And for first, let me say this. The folks I think that hopefully believe, and I wanna talk about hope, Mona, the folks that hopefully believe that we are going to go back 
to a bipartisan approach. Until there are three equal parties, I don't believe that's going to happen. Something has been done in these past years, and it's going to be difficult with some of the new people that are in the Congress and the Senate to that, that don't even understand what bipartisan means. They, they, right. they, they didn't, it used like to be people crossed the aisle all the time. That was John McCain. John McCain, you know, um, Moynihan here in New York, he was a yeah, champion. That's not happening. That. Yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney, we already know that ain't happening. Well, uh, I, I was like, he was yeah. doing pretty great for like a minute there. Murkowski and uh, don't even want to say her name. Yeah. But here's the question Mona's saying. What should people think? What you think about Biden and what he should do? So let me tell you one thing. I love he didn't answer the question about packing the Supreme Court. Right. But that says that mama's badass Biden, he's got something going on under there that he didn't want to talk about. No, Secondly, if you're Kamala Harris, she already came out. She already came out and said, like, when she was running, no, we're not doing that. We're going we're gonna to do exactly what happened. So the, this is like by fire with fire. I mean, I, I could hear my mama now up there, like, just give me all these things. So, Mona, I was curious of what you thought. I didn't get that from you, if you can send it to me. But I love that he's contemplating everything. Because if I believe one side or the other, and I believe both Republicans and Democrats believe in what they believe. I don't criticize either one of them. They believe in what they believe for whatever reasons they well, believe. The problem in. is that I know a lot of Republicans who are Republicans for two reasons, one of two reasons or both. One is that they have money and they want to keep their money and they think that Democrats are going to make it harder for them to keep their money. And the other is that they just believe in less government. They don't want people telling them what to do. They want less government, more freedom. So, okay, so, I mean, I, I like freedom too. I could understand that. And, you know, I can understand. I have, a, like, not so much money at the moment, but, you know, a little bit of money. I'd like to hang it on to it, you know. But if it's like, if it means turning your back on people all around you who are sick and dying and in trouble just so you can clutch your money, you know, then, no, I'm not down with that. But the thing is that for whatever reason you're a Republican, the reasons people are a Republican, none of those reasons are happening right now. That There is no Republican no. Party. No. And it's like right-wing, evangelical, God-loving Christians. You know, how are they then supporting a guy who has cheated on every wife, who paid off porno stars, who believes in sexually abusing women? And they're just looking the other way because they're getting their agenda met. And Republicans who are good and decent people who were Republican because maybe they wanted to model themselves after Reagan. I don't know. You know, I didn't like Reagan that much, but, you know, they had their reasons. You know, they're following him because it, they feel it's political suicide if they don't. But more and more and more of them have to grow a pair. I mean, there's like an uneven amount of men there. So prove no, your I, I ask a friend. I ask a friend about it because I check in with my friend. You know, because we go back and forth. She's like got the Trump hat and everything. And I said, OK, at this point, where are you? We check in. She right. asked me what I think. Right. And I said, she said, what was the quote? Stand down, but stand by. Oh, man. I said, did you say? I said, oh, so now we're talking about it. Right. 
now we he's just basic. don't want any more black people in the white house is that what you're saying this is me talking to my it's friend a racism thing and and she said out of everything that was said in that debate she's like and i probably don't have the quote right so somebody david you're gonna have to no, but that was me. a terrifying moment in that debate it was a truthful moment mm -hmm. and that's what she said she said that's all we needed to hear and i thought wow i've known you for a really long time and i get it i get what's i get what's eating at you that has been mm -hmm. eating at a lot of people mm -hmm. and they just haven't had a place to say the second thing that was really interesting about this, and I know you got to come back so we could talk about it. This fair thing, Mona. And I think I know what you're saying. I think what you're looking at and saying they are not playing fair. No, they're not. They are playing to the people that vote for them. And it may not seem fair for us. So what will seem fair if in fact your person gets in your senators get in your gut what does fair look like for you and the answer for most people is change the supreme court number right. one take care of covid number two change the supreme court and, and for the love of god wait till after the election to shove someone in because if the people vote in a new president let the new president replace her but and that's not that's not true to form. It's not been the pattern. Uh, all the lower courts have been stacked for at least three right. years. Right. You know what the definition of insanity is, Chef? Believing something that's going to be different. Some days. It's doing the same thing over and over again and right. expecting a different result. Right. See, that's the thing. The question is how can you rise above all that and ask yourself, are you going to be part of the solution? See, that's the reason I kept dating evil women. I mean, I don't know. I thought the next one will be nice. The next one will be nice. You know, then finally, 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 I started dating a nice woman, you know, and it was very strange. And I just thought this is so strange. You should do a show on dating. I should. We're going to do that next. Got to come back and do a show with me on dating. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, to be honest with you, the uh, I think we are sh should do a show on, you know, demystifying romance in the LGBT. Yes, yes, let's do that. Let's, let's do a do show that. on, on dating over shock 50. people. I want to uh, do a show on dating over 50. They, who's that? Who's over 50? Ah! What the heck? <laughs> Benny knows I'm not over 50. No, no, no. Chef, We're thank 35. You the, thank you for today. I love it. Tell folks how to listen to your podcast and how to find out more about you. And I'd love to know your personal message because I really think that the day we give up hope is the day we stop breathing. Well, so um, you can hear my podcast, Raging and Eating with Chef Rossi. It's on Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and Breaker and a whole bunch of other places. So if you just Google Chef Rossi Raging and Eating, all the places will pop up. But if you go find it on Anchor, which is like anchor.com, I think, it'll also show you all the places it is. And, um, I think you're going to like that. And you can always find my website, theragingskillet.com. And my book, The Raging Skillet, is out there and you'll love it. And it's also a play and I've also written a movie. And um, I wrote my second book, Queen of the Jews, which doesn't have a publisher yet. So if you're a publisher, please call me or call Dr. Pat 